Welcome to Flip the Library, a podcast from Gwinnett County Public Library. I'm Steve, the Grayson Branch Manager. And I'm Monor, a library associate at the Norcross Branch. And I'm Melissa, the manager of the Lilburn Branch. Petrie Corners was developed as a planned community in the 1960s with a technology park as its core to lure tech companies to the Gwinnett County area. But it did not officially incorporate as a city until 2012. The Gwinnett County Public Library built its Peachtree Corners branch in 1986, and the branch has continued to serve this unique community ever since. Today, we have a few staff members from the Peachtree Corners branch. Can you all please introduce yourselves? I'm Sarah Brewer-Baker, and I'm the Supervisory Librarian at Peachtree Corners. I am Legere LeBeau, and I am a Library Associate at Peachtree Corners. And what is each of your background with the system? How long have you worked for the system at Peachtree Corners? And how has the branch changed over the time you've been there? I have worked with Gwinnett County Public Library for seven years now. And this is now my third branch that I've worked at. So it's definitely interesting to see the system from all those different lenses. And each branch has its own community and its own needs. So Peachtree Corners is definitely in a more area we have, as Melissa mentioned, the tech park that is right on our doorstep where we have lots of adults just working class and they're working in the science and STEM industry. My sister actually works at a COVID testing lab across the street. So that's kind of what we have going on in our area. We have the Curiosity Lab that has a lot of entrepreneurial resources. And so when we introduced our learning lab in 2021, that definitely fits in with the type of community that we have in our area. I started at the end of 2020 at Peachtree Corners, so I've definitely seen a lot of change just in those two years as we've, you know, gone through everything with the pandemic, as well as our building actually has had changes as well. We had significant construction in early 2021 to build our learning lab and our study rooms. And now we have the passports. So that room was repurposed from being a study room to being our passport office. So we have had a lot of changes even just in the the two years that I've been there. And it's been very interesting as someone who's been with the system for a while, just to see how many different phases we've gone through. Legere speaking. Okay, so for me, I am a newbie. This is the only location that I have worked at. And I have been here for is it two months since October, since the beginning of October? And I came in in the midst of a good chunk of changes. So um, when I first came in, passports weren't a thing just yet. Things there had touched on most of what going on in the community. I don't know that much as of yet. Um, I like to do a lot of research with that while planning for programming, but I don't have much to add there. And Sarah, I did not realize that we've been in the system at the same time. I don't know if we were in the same training class or not. <laughs> I, I came in at a weird time because I started off as an LSA, actually. And at the time, we didn't really have a training program. So I'm from LSA to part-time assistant without any sort of official training. And then I went to full-time assistant. And I don't even know if I, like interviewed for that like it was very weird (laughs) so I don't think I went through official new hire training until like my third promotion 
in the system. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, that, that that was the same for me too. When I started, they they didn't give me they gave me zero training, and I started as a a library in one back then, but an SL basically, and I just got thrown in. I never worked at a public library in my life. I've been in academic libraries, and just six months later, I got training. It's like, well, I already know everything. <laughs> okay, thanks. So Sarah already kind of touched on this in the previous question, but is there anything else that you would like our listeners to know about the Peachtree Corners community? Another thing to bear in mind is just that we do have the Norcross High School that is, again, kind of right across the street. It's interesting, though, as someone coming from Decula, where that is a major factor that impacts our service, it is not the same in our area. Um, and I'm sure another a number of factors go into that, part of which is that in order to walk to our branch, they would cross a pretty major, um, major road. Um, but we definitely don't have the same teen population, you know, coming over after school that we did at Decula, which it's not a huge geographic difference as far as the distance goes. And yet. I think a number of other factors, probably that a lot of them are either involved in after school activities or are getting picked up after school or riding home, um, just changes that aspect of our service. We don't get very many teens in and most of the kids we get in are coming like for our programs as part of uh, family groups. And we, we get a pretty regular circulation for both adult and, and children's materials. I actually learned recently that we have the second highest hold count in the system. Um, so we're definitely getting uh, crates from every branch every day, um, multiple times a day often. And so that part of our circulation is high. And we also are a branch that can't keep the books out of the branch. They keep coming back to us. And so our shelves are always packed. So we are <laughs> literally on our, our transfer rotate list, sending out requests for people to take hundreds or thousands of books because our shelves can't hold them. So our branch is definitely used, but I think probably in a little bit of a different way than the other branches. Sarah hit them again. <laughs> so I, I would have just said the same thing as uh, as she said. But speaking of crates, we just got a nice heavy load of them today. So she's telling the truth there. Okay, so we touched upon this earlier, but um, I'd like to talk a little bit more about Peachtree Corners and its proximity to one of the technological hubs of Gwinnett. So um, how does the branch interact with the tech community? Well, the Peachtree Corners branch made a fantastic connection this past year with a man named Louis Svela, and he is um, one of the city of Peachy Corners direct. <laughs> it's one of those things when it comes to city government. I'm not entirely sure how everything interconnects, but he is kind of a spokesperson. And you could tell that he is used to like selling Peachy Corners and what all we have to offer because he is great at talking up everything that the city has to offer and specifically the Curiosity Lab. So this past year, one of our part-time associates, actually, uh, Jill Walden, was uh, instrumental in making this connection because she is great at starting these conversations with people and making connections. So she got Lewis's contact information. And from that connection, we were able to arrange tours for the library staff and also for our community members to go visit the Curiosity Lab. And we learned that the Curiosity Lab has 
all sorts of really innovative technology that's getting tested there. It's a place where people can try out drones for delivering uh, packages. So, for example, if UPS was interested in using drones in the future, they can test that there because it's an enclosed site and they have both indoor and outdoor opportunities to test things. So another thing they're testing is self-driving vehicles. So they have a shuttle system that is uh, entirely automated. There is no driver in the shuttle that is currently running around their campus, but they are working towards getting it to run along one of the active major highways to test that out. So there's some really cool technology that both companies uh, that are kind of international, like I've heard AT&T and I think UPS uh, test things there, as well as just self-starting entrepreneurial uh, businesses can use that site to test their innovative technology. And it's something that uh, I didn't realize that Peachtree Corners had this history of being a center for innovation. Apparently, um, now this might be inaccurate because I don't know if I remember it correctly, but I think something along the lines of the color printer was invented in Peachtree Corners. Um, so someone can, can look that up, but, but there's this history here of technology being tested and tried in this area. So that's something that they really want to continue to build off of. Peachtree Corners recently became the fifth Gwinnett Library branch to offer passport processing services. How did staff prepare for this new service and how has it been going? As far as preparation goes with the passports, we first had to all um, do virtual training. So we did the virtual training that took a few weeks. And then once we finally opened the passport office, um, we did have the instruction book. And that has been very, very helpful throughout the process. So um, we kind of, I wouldn't say learn on the fly because all of the information is there. But if you were in the middle of doing a passport and you were confused on something, you had that book there and you could just kind of, we have sticky notes to separate the chapters and you can just flip to the chapter and um, it will let you know the details of the transaction. So I would say that's how we have been training for the most part. And then is there, if you have something to add. Yeah, I would say there was something, there were some aspects we were able to cover ahead of time. But a lot of it, either by design or by <laughs> accident, did kind of happen on the fly. Part of it was because uh, there were some softwares and things that we had to be coordinating with, like business services, um, in order to get set up. And I think a lot of the passport branches have kind of designed their own ways of doing things. And there's never been an for example, there's not an official system Google Classroom or there's not um, an official here's every single step that everyone has to go through. I think a lot of it's been done on such a local level that we're trying to coordinate with all these other branches being like, OK, what's the official process? What's, you know, what everyone has come up with as their own mechanism to go through things? Because even we had all of our staff members go shadow at other branches and we all got something different because we went to different branches. We watched different agents. We watched different um, times of day and different types of interactions. So everything uh, is a mixture of what is official and what is, you know, someone's 
personal or branch level preference of how to do things. And I think that was one of the tricky things for me was figuring out what are the things that the state needs? What are the things that the library system needs? And what are the things that the branch needs in order to make everything run smoothly? And I'm definitely someone who likes to have the full list beforehand and know exactly what's going on. And because, like I said, there's not really an official official system level training or or even as comprehensive, this is everything you need to know document. That's something that I actually want to make for future for future staff members who are coming into a passport branch. Because I felt like um, a lot of what we were learning is like, oh, okay, this is what this branch has done and it works for them, but actually it does work for us too. So maybe that's something that everyone should be doing or, you know, that kind of thing. So that's what was tricky for me was figuring out because the, the state level stuff, we have to make sure that's right. Um, and that's where Leisure had mentioned the online training. There is an online training covers this is what the state needs and it has to be accurate and it has to be complete. But then our library system needs to track certain things, mostly in terms of like statistics and finance, just so that we kind of know how those services are going. And then on the branch level, we just need to be able to communicate with each other what's been done, what needs to be done, what process are we in right now, that kind of thing. So I think that's something that makes this service different from other services that we offer is that there's kind of those three tiers of organization and communication that make it a um, had a steeper learning curve than a lot of the other things I've learned in the past. There's so many exceptions, but I mean, there's so many exceptions to, you know, library service as well. So it'd be like, you know, let's write a document that covers every single transaction that you would have as a library associate. I can't really do that because it's changes because yeah it's it's because there are these strict rules um yeah obviously I'm at a passport branch as well um yeah, there there are the strict rules from the state department but even then sometimes not necessarily strict um but you have to learn you have to yeah, but we defer to them because they are the ones that make the decisions and so it's kind of well maybe they'll let this go maybe they won't it depends on same as here where we depend on the agents here and as sarah mentioned you work with a different agent they're going to do things a little bit differently i think even at the state department the people who are approving the passports probably let you know well i'll let that picture go by and somebody else would say no i won't let that picture go by dealing with humans is messy i think another tricky part is that we don't really get feedback on if we're doing things correctly so for example as you mentioned each passport agent might have a slightly different approach or be you know more lenient or more strict on something and unless it gets to the point that a customer you receives a letter back that tells them that there's an error that they need to get fixed and they take it back to us, we have no way of knowing if, oh, well, you know, staff member A is super strict and all hers always get approved and staff member B is more lenient and only half of hers get approved. But we don't know that information. We don't know if it's okay for this thing to slide because we're going, well, I hope it goes through, <laughs> but we don't get to know most of the time. Yeah, and it, internally, you know, we have monthly meetings with the passport facilities where we all kind of talk and we talk through these issues. But again, it's kind of us just talking through them and to start trying to decide on our own. And there are occasional um, meetings with the State Department uh, people as well, but it's it's less frequent. And they before COVID used to have an in-person training for the, uh, the head of facilities. 
um, but they have not brought that back. Hopefully that will come and then that's a place to, you know, get kind of official training from them and be able to ask them questions and things like that. Yes, it's a very, it can be tricky. So our passport services at the library are primarily for those who are getting their first time passports or for those that are getting a new passport, for example, if a minor is getting their first adult passport or if they're not eligible for renewal. Um, a same thing with adults who, uh, if it has been expired for more than five years, you're no longer eligible for renewal. So you can get your new passport through us. So anything that requires the new passport process, even if it's not your very first time getting the passport that being said, I think probably 50 to 60% of the people coming in are getting their very first passports. And there's a handful that fall into that category of they have had one in the past, but for one reason or another, they're not eligible for renewal. I had a little follow-up question. Since y'all just started passports at your branch, how do you find juggling doing passports, your programs, the day-to-day stuff? How do you think that's been working out for y'all? It's a good team building activity. That's first of all. You will be heavily dependent upon one another. Um, our communication skills with one another has to really be top tier right now. So as far as um programs go and trying to balance the two we just have been making sure to be very communicative with one another super organized and then um kind of maybe making adjustments to how often programming needs to be done and so on and so forth so there are some adjustments that have been um, having to be made and just making sure that we're communicating with each other yeah balancing passports is more than just A major element is considering that instead of having two people on the floor, you now have to have three people assigned at all times because you have that third person in the passport office. So the day sheet looks different. However, that's not the only thing to consider because the people on the floor actually get a pretty heavy passport related workload. So even though they're not the ones who have passport next to their name on the day sheet, that is a large part of what they are doing. Just as Melissa had mentioned, the call center is getting a large volume of calls related to passports. That's the same thing that we're experiencing on the front desk is, especially if it's like on a weekend, for example, that first chunk of the day when people are coming in to sign up for the passport slots that's all you're doing so it impacts the time management aspect and the i would call it the emotional workload because that and the mental workload because even though you might be assigned to the desk for the same number of slots as you were before you're now having to answer different kinds of questions And honestly, a higher volume of questions because, as I I believe Steve had mentioned earlier, a lot of the folks coming in for passports are not our regular library users. They're coming from out of county or they're coming in for the first time specifically for passport services. So we're getting more people with more questions and it's affecting every part of our day. So even if I can do the math and, and make the schedule happen, which has gotten much more complicated now, I will definitely admit from the, the supervisor standpoint. 
that is it's amazing how that one extra assignment on the day sheet really does change how the schedules look but in addition to just making the math math um i have to keep in mind that if people need a break from just answering those questions and heck i mean even if you just got to the florida shell get pulled aside with passport questions so um it really does change what it feels like to work in the branch so i was expecting there to definitely be a tone shift but i and i had been told by other passport agents from across the system that it was a big shift but it's it's really incredible to me that it's it's not 10% of your job even though like for example i, I was actually doing the math for most people in the branch 10% of your time is assigned to the passport office so that doesn't sound like a lot but like i said because of how much it impacts other parts of your day it ends up feeling like it's 40 or 50% of your job it's not just a matter of hours assigned it's a lot more going into that so that leaves us with me less mental and emotional energy to invest into outreach programs um, and just the regular kind of community needs that we spend time thinking about, even though, as as leadership has pointed out, it's another duty as assigned, it, it impacts everything else that we already were doing. Well, I'm proud of you. <laughs> yes, we we all realize how much work you do, especially since we have to constantly send people to the right branch. Like Mountain Park is our nearest passport branch. And actually, that's a, a question I'm curious just to know about is how much the other branches get questions about it. I haven't heard about that aspect. Probably referred to somebody to go to Peachtree Corners maybe like two or three times since y'all started passport. So like hardly at all. You'll probably get it more once the community realizes it, because once they do, I usually think whatever neighboring branch. Well, it, the other part is to, you know, Lilburn and Mountain Park have that Lilburn address. So I guess it would be similar to Centerville and Snellville if one of them were a passport branch. But thankfully, I don't think either of them are. That That's probably part of it, too, is why we get so many passport questions. Other than passports, what are some of the ways y'all work with and help the Peachtree Corners community? As of now, my my little special way is um, the teens. I am a teen rep as of now. So that is a way that I'm able to interact with the community um, at the moment. I am in partnership with the Norcross branch, um, and we do an outreach once a month at the Norcross High School right next door. and um, We've done one so far, and then we have another one coming up December 13th. So thus far, that's been amazing. But as far as I go, because I am a little new, um, I've just been doing a lot of research about what's around this community because I did not live in Peachtree Corners. So I'm not that informed on what's going on just yet, but I am doing a great deal of research as far as looking at local businesses that are here, local nonprofit organizations and like that. I would say, uh, like I mentioned at the beginning, Peachtree Corners is a fairly um, kind of affluent industrial area. So as Legera mentioned, there's a lot of businesses in our area and that creates a an interesting dilemma because hypothetically, we have a lot of potential partnerships 
and uh, outreach opportunities. However, a lot of the businesses that we have tried interacting with in the past are for profit, and it can be tricky to navigate that communication when we have to establish the library's boundaries that we cannot have businesses promoting their specific products for profit um, at our events. So it can be tricky to tell them like, yes, you could inform our patrons about this topic as long as it's not actually promoting your specific products. And that's a line that a lot of businesses um, don't want to mess with because they they're with due reason they're interested in making profit. So that is one of the trickier things in our area. And then there are a couple of nonprofit organizations that we've tried working with that we have kind of the opposite problem where they're not interested in making profit, but they are interested in our resources to the point of we can't offer as much as they want. Uh, The main thing I have encountered in that regard is with language programming. So there are a couple of local organizations that help um, Spanish-speaking patrons and they really want to offer the opportunity to teach them English. And they're asking for our staff to come out multiple times a week for weekly classes year round. And it's just not something that we have the ability to offer. So there's actually been a couple partnerships that we have started and then had to back out of because they wanted more and more and we couldn't offer as much as they needed or wanted. However, the partnerships that have been successful are um, along the lines of the schools. Schools tend to be a pretty good partnership in general for libraries. So as Lachera mentioned, we've got that partnership going with Norcross High School. Our ELA, our Early Education Library Associate, has made some great connections with both schools and daycares in our area. So she goes out for story times uh, to talk to those kids, you know, who are in a different environment. Um, We do get a great turnout for our children's programs our story time so that's definitely something that we see in our community that more so than I saw when I was for example in Decula story time got a, a small but reliable attendance Bishy Corners gets a, a bigger attendance so that's definitely something that is wanted in our community and that they love anytime that our 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 Eula can't be there they're like oh when's story time gonna be <laughs> you know where where is it this week so that's something that we definitely are seeing and ministering to. Uh, we also, uh, like several of the other branches, have a tower garden. So we have the greens that we're harvesting on a regular basis and donating. We also uh, collect our newspapers that are out of date and we donate those as well. So there's a couple other small things that we just do in our area. But yeah, like I said, the the tricky thing has been navigating those relationships with businesses to try and find ways in which we could be mutually beneficial to each other. Thank you. And I also think I know some of the organizations you're talking about. Now that we've learned about the community, can you both share what's your favorite feature of the branch? My answer is going to be so simple, which is the brick walls. I'm like, it's such a simple answer. But I remember uh, during orientation, I was like, I want to take a a sneak peek at the branch that I'm going to be working at. So during orientation, I snuck up here to see what the library looked like. And as soon as I came in and just saw all of the brick walls, I was like, I was in love. So that's one of my favorite features. I do like the kids area. I mean, of course, I don't read any of the books in that area, but I just, I love how big it is. It's very spacious. I can tell that the kids get a lot of excitement 
in that area. So it's always a joy just to even walk past it and see how the kids are interacting with the space. Mine is the learning lab. This is a little bit personal just because I love the technology in there. I love the 3D printer and the sewing machines and the Cricut. So there's so much cool tech in there. And uh, this was the first branch I had worked at with the learning lab. And I had no idea how much that I would like it. And I fell in love. And it's something that I think is still a bit of a secret to our customers. Because geographically within our building, it just kind of tucked away in the corner. And it is a repurposed area that was the staff area and so I think a lot of longtime customers just assume that that's still just staff area and the most visible thing in the building so we do have to point it out to people and I just would love to, to see that get more attention because we have so much cool equipment in there and so many awesome resources that are available for free that I just don't think people know about yet. So the branch has all these great things. Give us a pitch for your branch. I feel like if I was just talking to, say, friends and family and I, I just casually being like, oh, well, I need to go to a library sometime, you know, which branch should I go to? Well, <laughs> um, if you come over to Peachtree Corners, we offer a great number of resources, everything from learning labs, passport services and study rooms to a great number of both physical and digital resources that are available throughout the system. But the Peachtree Corners branch is very cozy and most of the time it's pretty quiet it's a great place to just um, work on your own personal projects and grow into the person that you want to be Alyssa and I will point out that when we did the episode with old Norcross that the Ela at the time created a um, theme song for Norcross yes. so she went yes. all out yeah so that, it's gonna be hard to be yeah it, it was an original on the spot song so let's wrap up with a big picture question how do you think libraries make an impact on their community? Now, now I feel like I would need about an hour to, to answer this question. Let me see if I can punchline it by just saying that libraries are just literally an extension of, of so many things within a community. And I feel like it can also just be symbolic of what's going on in the community. So that's what I think that libraries stand for. I would just add that libraries are one of the few free resources that are still available to communities, that it's one of the, the few places where there really are no expectations put on you when you walk through the door. We are just here to help you find what you need. So that can range from anything to what people usually think of as being books and information, but also just education for those who are no longer in school, who want to learn more and improve themselves, whether that's with technology or learning about their area and their community. And we're also supplement to those who are still in school. So everyone can benefit from something at the library and it's all free. Thank you, Sarah and Legera, for joining us on this episode of Flip the Library to talk about the Peachtree Corners branch. And we hope that many of you listeners, if you're around the area, please come on down and visit Peachtree Corners. Flip the Library provides an inside look at Gwinnett County Public Library and brings to light the many ways the library impacts and enriches its customers' lives. Go to gwinnettpl.org slash podcasts to find out more about the library's podcasts. To get new episodes of Flip the Library, follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. If you enjoy the show, don't forget to rate and review it on your podcast app. 
Keep up to date with the library on social media at Gwinnett Library, and thanks for listening. Connect, learn, and grow with your Gwinnett County Public Library.